So we want to welcome you to session number five on our spirit-led teaching. We welcome all of the students watching from wherever you are in the world and, of course, everyone that's here in the auditorium and those that are watching online. Father, we just thank you tonight for the privilege of gathering together in your name. Thank you, Father, that we can feed on your faithfulness. We can feed on the word of the Lord. And we can be strengthened tonight by your spirit and by the word of the Lord. And we glorify you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen Amen and Amen. So our text is Romans chapter 8, verses 14 through 16, which says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God... They are the sons of God. Amen? Amen. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. Aren't you glad you're not in bondage? Bondage will always bring fear into your life. But liberty will always cause you to lift up your voice and lift up your hands and give God praise. Because you've not been given the spirit of fear, but you have the spirit of faith. Amen. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father, or Daddy, Daddy. Amen? Proverbs 20, 27 says this, The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. Amen? So last week we looked in depth at this inward witness. How to identify the witness. And when you think about the witness of the Spirit, you think about having a knowing in your heart. We could say it this way, a knowing right down on the inside of you in your knower. Now here's another verse of Scripture that we want to look at tonight. Psalms 18.28 says, For you will light my candle. The Spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. For you will light my candle, the Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. He will enlighten your darkness. He will cause the eyes of your understanding to be flooded with light so that you can see and that you can know some things that you need to see and that you need to know. Amen. So God is lighting our candle tonight and today. And he will enlighten my darkness. Another translation, which is the passion, says it this way. God, all at once, you turned a floodlight on for me. You are the revelation light in my darkness. And in your brightness, I can see the path ahead. That's good, isn't it? And so one of the things we talked about last week is we are rain trained. And we're going to describe what that is again from Psalm 32, verse 8 and 9. The Father says, I'm going to instruct thee and teach thee in the way that thou shalt go. I will guide you with my eye. Be ye not as the horse or as the mule, which have no understanding, whose mouth must be held in with bit and bridle, lest they come near unto thee. I like what the Passion says there. He says, I hear the Lord saying, I will stay close to you, instructing you, and guiding you along the pathway for your life. Anybody open to that? I will advise you along the way and lead you forth with my eyes as your guide. So don't make it difficult. Don't be stubborn like a mule. Don't make it difficult. 
Don't be stubborn when I take you where you've not been before. Don't make me tug you and pull you along. Just come with me. Amen? And so a rein then basically is the steering mechanism for a horse. When a horse is rein trained, it doesn't need a bit. It doesn't need a bridle. They just lay that strap on that horse and just the slightest turn, that horse just moves wherever that rein goes. And that's how it is with you and I. When we get those slight impressions, when we get those nudgings, those knowings in our Holy Spirit, we should not need a burning bush. We should not need to hear an audible voice, but we should be moved by the inward witness, moved by that still, small voice on the inside. And can you say amen? Is that you? Now look at Psalm 143, verse 8 and 9, and we'll get into the crux of our message now. Psalm 143, verse 8 and 9 says, Cause me to hear thy loving kindness in the morning. The morning's a real good time to hear from the Lord. For in thee do I trust. Cause me to know the way wherein I should walk. Do we need help from him to cause us what, what we need to know? Where we need to go? How to go? What to do when we're there? Who to go with? Well, thank God he's your heavenly helper. Amen. He's sent to lead us and to guide us into all the truth for our lives. He is, in fact, the truth-giving spirit. So go ahead and say it with me. Lord, cause me. Cause me to know the way I should go. That's a prayer that you can pray regularly. Now, the rest of the verse says... For I lift up my soul unto thee. I lift up my soul unto thee. Deliver me, Lord, from my enemies. For I flee unto thee to hide me. Does anyone ever, has anyone ever experienced protection from the Lord? When you're led by the Spirit of God, He will protect you from anything and everything that would try to harm you. Now, it's our responsibility, however, to pay attention to the guidance, to the leadings, to those nudges in our spirit. Pay attention. And determine in your heart that you're going to pay attention to the small things. Pay attention to those little things. Don't just pay attention to the big things. As a matter of fact, if you don't pay attention to those small leadings, you will not be positioned to, to equate or to bring, bring, be brought into the larger leadings of the Spirit. Amen? And that's just kind of a roundabout way to say it, but I think you guys get it. Amen? Amen. And so pay attention to the small leadings and the great leadings. And really with God, there's nothing great or small. It's all good in Him. Now notice in verse 10. Teach me to do Thy will, for Thou art my God. Thy Spirit is what? Lead me in the land of uprightness. Now notice that phrase. Lead me in the land of uprightness. Lead me upward instead of downward. Lead me right instead of wrong. Lead me good instead of bad. 
And the Holy Ghost is good. He'll never lead you into bad. He always leads us into good. He always leads us into triumph. Amen. Now notice what he said he's going to lead us into. It says, teach me, Lord, to do thy will. So when the Holy Ghost leads us, he always leads us to do the will of God. Not necessarily our own will, but the will of God. So pray this with me. Teach me, O God, to do your will. I lift up my soul unto you. I'm your son. I'm your daughter. Teach me, Lord, to do your will. We need to be taught. We need to be Holy Ghost taught. We've been blood bought. And now we need to learn to be Holy Ghost taught and Holy Ghost led. And he's teaching. He's teaching. And he's showing us things to come. Listen to this statement. The leadings of God, the leadings of the Holy Spirit are the will of God. Say that with me. The leadings of the Holy Spirit are the will of God. They're inseparable. When you're led by the Holy Spirit of God, you're in the will of God. And so when He leads us, it'll always be into the perfect will or into the perfect plan of God. And of course, this is not always automatic, is it? Uh uh-uh. uh. It's not always automatic that we're going to do the will of God. We've got to pay attention and we've got to be open to His leadings. Amen? Why is that? Because our will can be different than the will of God. Is that right? Our will can be completely different than the will of God for us. And so we can pray this verse 10 regularly. Teach me to do your will. You're my God. Your spirit is good. Lead me in the land of uprightness. Now we're discussing this witness of the spirit. When we look at the witness of the Spirit, remember the Spirit Himself bears witness with what? Our Spirit. So in discussing the witness of the Spirit, there must be a discerning heart. We must be discerning. In other words, we must have discernment. So the question would be then, what actually is discernment? When we look at discernment, it literally means Something that you can tell the difference between two. Telling the difference between two. In other words, between what is God and what's just you. What's you and what's Him. Between God and what is not God. I value His Spirit, don't you? And so I can pray and you can pray for discernment. Because in your ministry, students, and in your life, you're going to be faced with a lot of decisions. You're going to be faced with a lot of things that come your way. If I could tell you some of the things that we've faced in 41 years of ministry, it might curl your hair if your hair was straight. (laughs) But I'm telling you, there's all sorts of scenarios that come your way as a man of God or as a woman of God. Amen. And not even if you're in full-time ministry. We're all ministers, right? 
We're ministers. We all have a supply to bring. So in life, there's a lot of challenges. There's a lot of things that look like we could go the easy way. But how many of you know the easy way is not always God's way? I'm going to say that again. The easy way is not always God's way. So we need to, we need discernment, have a discerning spirit so that we can discern between that which is good, that which is right, and that which is wrong. Amen? Amen. Do you value the Holy Spirit? Do you value the leadings of the Holy Spirit? Now we can't look at a better example of someone who literally suffered in his life. We're talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. And he had to discern between the Father's will and His will. And we look at Hebrews chapter 5, and notice with me in verse 7 and 8. It said, Who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears, unto him that was able to save him from death. Don't you know the Father could have saved Jesus from death? And was heard and that he feared, though he were a son, yet he learned obedience by the things he suffered. He learned obedience by the things that he suffered. Did Jesus suffer? He not only suffered on the cross, but he suffered before the cross. He was persecuted. He was maligned. He was not talking and spoken well of. He suffered. I heard something the other day that really went off in my spirit real, real strong. I was watching an interview by T.D. Jakes and Steve Furtick. And if you've never heard of T.D. Jakes, there's no preacher, better preacher in the world than T.D. Jakes. He could be the best preacher in the last hundred years. He is an amazing, prolific anointed man of God. And he was talking, Steve was talking to him about, now you've just written a book called Soaring with Eagles, and now you're coming up with a book called The Crushing. And he said, how does that, how does that match? What, is, what do you mean by that? And T.D. Jake said this, he says, sometimes you suffer before you can soar. Sometimes you suffer. Yea, all that live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Now, we do not suffer what Jesus suffered for us on the cross. Amen? He went to the cross, spirit, soul, and body to redeem mankind's spirit, soul, and body. But there is a suffering that is according to the will of God that we experience in this world. I can tell you the truth. Some of the things that Brenda and I have suffered have caused us to soar. Amen. Can you testify that you've been through some things? It was a time of challenge. It was a time maybe of emotional suffering. It was a time of persecution. But thank God you made it through and now you're soaring with God. Amen. So where did Jesus do this? Where were these strong prayers? Where were this strong crying? Well, it was in the garden of Gethsemane. In Matthew 26, in verse 39, the scripture says, He went a little farther, and he fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my father. In other words, Daddy, Daddy, Abba, Abba. 
If it be possible. He knew that all things were possible with him, right? He said, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. What cup is he talking about? He's not talking about the cup of blessing. He's talking about the cup of suffering. He's talking about being made sin with our sin. And he's saying, Daddy, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. But here's the discernment. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. This is a prayer that we should be praying on a regular basis. It is the prayer of consecration. It is the prayer of commitment. Let's pray it right now. Students, let's pray it here in the auditorium. Place your hand over your heart and say this. Lord God, Lord God not, my will, not my will, not what I want, what I want but what you, what you want and what you desire. What you desire. Hallelujah. Notice me in verse 9. It says, in being made perfect, this is speaking of Jesus, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all that obey him. So he showed us how to do this. He showed us how to go before God on bended knee and say, Lord, your will and only your will be done in my life. Now, if we don't do that, it's possible to be misled. Now notice verse 10. It says, He was called of God and high priest after the order of Melchizedek, verse 11, by whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing you are dull of hearing. Dull of hearing. How many of you know we must not be dull of hearing? What he's saying to them, I got a lot of things to say to you, but you're not able to hear it yet. In other words, there's a, a dullness that has come into your life as a result, perhaps, of not being willing, hearted, to do the will and to do the plan of God. Remember, Jesus said this, He that hath ears to what? Hear. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Now, he's not talking about these ears. He's not talking about outer ears. He's talking about inner ears. Did you know that your spirit man has ears? And that your spirit man has eyes? And so Jesus is saying, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Now notice in verse 12. For when the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be of the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such have need of milk and not strong meat. For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. I declare there's no babies in the house tonight. I prophesy over all you students, there's no babies. There were growing. We're growing strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. And we're getting stronger and stronger day by day. And we're getting wiser and wiser. And we're getting keener and keener in our spirit. For we have a discerning heart. The biggest threat, this is quite a statement. 
the biggest threat to God's will and his plan for your life is your plan and your will. That's the biggest threat to God's will is our own plan and our own will. This is a prayer that we should be praying regularly. Lord, your will be done. Now notice verse 14. Are you all still good tonight? He said, but strong meat belongs to them that are of full age. Notice this phrase. Even those who by reason of use. In other words, there's a development that needs to take place in this area. In other words, a strong use. Have their senses. I believe this is talking about your spiritual senses. Your spiritual senses exercised to discern between both good and evil. So would you say tonight and agree with me that this takes some practice? So again, we must distinguish between what's him and what's just us. What's him and what's just our emotions. We're not to be led by our emotions. As many as are led by the Spirit of God. Not led by our mind. God is not a mind. God is a spirit. Is he not? And how does he communicate with us? Well, he communicates with us down in our spirit. It's deep calling unto deep. It's spirit to spirit. And we talked in one of our classes about how to train and how to develop this recreated human spirit. You students that are in class now, the time that you're investing by listening to this and watching this, and the time that you're uh, investing in the AMITC Bible College is worth your while. What you're doing is you're developing, you're growing, you're learning, and God will cause your life to be amazing. Amen? Amen. So, in other words, we don't have to, to rack our brain when we're developed and when we're growing in this. Now, let me give you an illustration. There are a lot of radio stations around, and if you're trying to pick up an AM band or an FM station, but you're on the AM band, you're not going to be able to get it. Nothing wrong with your radio. You don't need more power. You don't need bigger antennas. You don't need to drive to the radio station and put your bumper up against the radio station. Come on, come on. Uh Uh-uh. No, 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 no. You still won't pick it up. And then somebody says, well, you know, they're just not broadcasting. Oh, yeah, a lot of people are hearing it. A lot of people are listening to it. They're broadcasting all right. People are hearing loud and clear. And you know those people that say, I never hear from God? You know, that's not his problem. I said, that's not his problem. He's broadcasting all right. Where do you pick up the plan? Where do you pick up the plan? You pick up the plan on the willing band. You pick up God's plan on the willing band. Say this with me. I'm going to pick up the plan and the purposes of God 
on the willing band. So what is it that makes a hearing ear? What is it that makes a hearing ear? If your heart is willing, it gives you an ear that will hear. I'm going to say that again. If your heart is willing, it will give you an ear that will hear. You'll be in sync. You'll be tuned in. You'll be able to pick up what God is saying. But a person will never be able to pick it up unless they ask and unless they're willing. Say this to me. When I'm willing in my heart, I will know in my heart. So the last thing we want to do is substitute our plan for his plan. Did you know this, that God does not support your plan? I said, God does not support your plan. And there are people that are going from place to place. They're going from city to city. They're going from church to church. You know, this the Lord said this one day, and the next day the Lord said, go and go another place. This is nothing but being emotionally led. This is not being led by the Holy Ghost. And there's a constant, constant battle finding their place. And so it's very important to all of us that we never substitute His plan. Amen. Our plan for His plan. Amen. You know, God's not an add-on. Like someone said, God's not an add-on to help us to live your best life. I believe in having a best life. I believe in having a good life. But He does not exists to help us to do our own thing. Students, do you hear that? He does not exist to help you to do your own thing. In other words, that old song, it's your thing, it's your thing, do what you want to do. Well, I can tell you that that's not a good song to live by. So when we're willing, then, we'll go to the next level. When we're willing, we'll go to the next level. We'll, we'll be in a position to hear. But to hear, we must incline our ear. Incline our ear. Close proximity. Draw nigh to Him. And what will He do? He will draw nigh to you. Come close to Him. How do we come close to Him? We come close to Him in fellowship. We come close to Him in communion. Corinthians talks about the communion of the Holy Spirit. That word communion is is koinonia. And koinonia means an intimate fellowship, an intimate relationship. Oh, shouldn't we have an intimate relationship with the Master? Shouldn't we have an intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit? So draw nigh to Him. Commune with Him. Come close to Him. And He certainly will draw, draw near to you. And He will open the eyes of your understanding. And He will reveal things for your life that you need to hear. Things for your life that you need to know.
And he will open unto you the secrets of his covenant. Oh, he's waiting. He's waiting. We are not waiting on him. He's waiting on us. Amen? And so I just want to encourage you in that, that he does not exist to help us to do our own thing. Look at John chapter 7, if you would, very quickly. In John chapter 7, in verse 14 and verse 15, it says, Now about the midst of the feast, Jesus went up into the temple and he taught. Was he not a teacher? He was a preacher. Incidentally, students, you know, the Bible talks about the works that Jesus did, we shall do also. And greater works. You know, sometimes we equate the works that Jesus did in the area of raising the dead, feeding the multitude, healing the lepers, amen, healing the blind and all those things. And those are the works of Jesus. And those are great and glorious things that should be done. But we do not want to minimize or forget that the works of Jesus also was teaching and preaching. Many times before he would heal, he would go into a place, he would teach to them, and he would preach to them so that they had the faith to be healed. So I say that to you students tonight, don't minimize the effect of being a good Bible teacher. Amen? Now, you don't want to be a dry teacher. You want to be a teacher that's anointed. And somebody says, well, how do I get anointed? We've been talking about it. Draw near to God. He'll draw near to you. Commune with the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Ghost. He will anoint you and your teaching will be like water. And it will be a refreshing to the people around you. Amen. So he taught. He preached the word of God. So I encourage you to teach the word. Minister the word. Paul exhorted young Timothy. He said, preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season. People need to hear the word. They need to hear the word taught and they need to hear the word preached. Oh, the value of the word of God. Amen. Verse 14. Now about the midst of the feast, Jesus went up into the temple and taught. And the Jews marveled saying, how knoweth this man letters, having never learned? What they were saying is, he speaks like he's in a, he had an advanced education. <laughs> and Jesus answered them and said, my doctrine is not mine, but him that sent me. Verse 17, read this together with me. If any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. I want you to see this principle here. If any man do his will, he shall know. The knowing. The ESV says it this way in the first part. It says, if anyone's will is to do God's will, he will know. Another translation, this is Goodspeed's translation, says, anyone who resolves to do his will will know. The NIV says this, anyone who chooses to do the will of God will know, will know. Remember the knowing. When you're willing, you will know. Willingness is a big key to knowing his will. 
And what is it that's required of every one of us? Pastor Mark, Pastor Brenda, Pastor Tom, all of you students. What is the main requirement? The main requirement is this. Is a genuine heart's desire for the will of God. A genuine heart's desire. An earnest heart's desire to do the will of God. Oh, friends, this is so valuable. This is so valuable. When you open up your heart like that, and you make a commitment to be a doer of the will of God, you're going to be in great shape. When you hear and do, you're going to be protected. You're going to be provided for. And you're going to experience great favor with the master and with man. I'm believing God right now for something very favorable to happen to our church. How about you students? Are you believing God for something great and something good and something glorious to happen in your heart, in your village, in your country? Expect the goodness of God to show up in every area of your life in every area of your ministry. Give the master something to work with. Give him a willing heart. Teach me, O God, thy way. Lead me in the paths that I should go. One of the paths that he leads us in, he leads us in triumph. He leads us in protection. He leads us in provision. And he always leads us in the favor of God. Woo, glory to God. I know you watching tonight and you there in the auditorium tonight and you students, you have testimonies about the favor of God. And you know what? The more you talk about the favor of God, the more favor you'll experience in your life. I'm going to say that again. The more you talk about the favor of God, the more favor you're going to experience in your life. So say it with me tonight. I have favor. Favor in the morning, favor in the noontime, favor in the mid-afternoon, favor in the early evening, favor at night, favor all night long. I am a favorite of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Amen. So you're qualified for favor. And qualified for protection and qualified provision when you're in the will of God. And to get in the will of God, you've got to be willing. It's difficult in these days sometimes to even get people in church, much less in the will of God. You know what I'm saying? I guess you don't, because you're in church. <laughs> We're talking about some valuable things tonight, folks. Going to be in great shape. I declare over you students, I declare over you here tonight, that you're about to get in the best shape of your life. Amen. The best shape. And I'm not talking about physical, that wouldn't hurt. But I'm talking about the best shape spiritually. Because you're learning, you're growing. You're learning to distinguish between what is Him and what is not Him. Amen? 
He's given each and every one of us a discerning heart. Amen? And one of the main keys to having a discerning heart, and I know we've talked about it quite a bit, is praying in the Holy Ghost. There's just something wonderful that happens when you pray in the Spirit. And I'm not just talking about, you know, praying a few shandai, shandai, see me tie my bow tie. I'm not just talking about praying flippantly, occasionally. But I'm talking about a lifestyle of fellowship, a lifestyle of praying in the Holy Ghost. You will not only build yourself up on your most holy faith, but you will also become keen in your spirit. Your eyes will be sharp. Your ears shall be open. And the Spirit of the Lord shall help you and sensitize you to His leadings. Amen? That's what the Holy Ghost is saying. Praise the Lord. There's no place like the will of God. There's no place. Now, the will of God's not always easy. Is it? No. no. That's where a lot of people get deceived. Well, I'm, you know, I'm going to become a Christian. I'm going to be in the will of God. And everything's going to be, you know, I'll be going to float on flower beds of ease. We all know that that's not the way it is. We all know that in life there's processes that we go through. We all know that there's a process many times between what we believe we've received and the manifestation. Amen. And I think sometimes people get under condemnation because, you know, they hear great things and great messages and it's all on the ceiling and it's all wonderful and it's all great. Then they go home and they've got this process they're dealing with. Don't get under condemnation because you're going through a process. Are you listening to me? I'm going to do a series, I believe, after the first of the year and I'm going to call it Process. The Lord has given Brenda and I a lot of insight into what process is. Amen? So don't get under condemnation because you're in the process. I've been in the process for 40-some years. <laughs> and I haven't always passed every test. Have you? But oh, thank God. We're not quitting. We're not backing down. We're not backing off. Amen? We're pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Amen? Like Brother George said last week, we got our stake in the ground. Yeah. Say with me, I shall not be. I shall not be moved. I'm like a tree planted by the rivers of water. And I shall not be. I shall not be moved. You see, sometimes we see preachers that all already are there. But many times folks are on their way. That's called process. And sometimes in the process, there's suffering. And in the process, it positions you to even soar greater and soar higher. I question if a person that is really soaring like an eagle in this day and this hour, I question them if they say they've never been through the process. Well, that's good preaching right there. There's going to be more to come on that. Amen? Say with me, there's no place like the will of God. And so it requires faith to follow. So I encourage you to take your steps. So what are we saying? What are you saying, Pastor Mark? You're all over the place. Well, that's all good. What I'm saying is this. Openness 
and willingness are big keys to being led. We must be open to his leadings in every area of life. Before you can be led, you've got to be open to it. We are not called to discover his plan or to decide his plan. Said that wrong. We're called to discover his plan. There's a huge difference. Say with me, not my choice, but your choice. When you're willing, you will know. Remember 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18? It says, quench not the Spirit. In other words, don't stifle the Spirit. Jesus is our example. He did not stifle the Spirit, but He obeyed. Obedience, willingness, and openness are great, great keys to developing sensitivity to your spirit. Jesus said, I delight to do thy will, O God. He also said this. He said, I always do those things that please my Father. Amen. Say that with me. I always. I always do those things that please my Father. We could say it this way. Jesus was the ultimate Father pleaser. He was the ultimate father pleaser. And the secret to your fulfillment is pleasing the father. We must and we can do his will. Amen. If we had more time, we'd look at more scriptures. But I see our time is just about out. But let me close with this. You remember the scripture that says many are called? But few are chosen. Why is that? Because the ones that weren't chosen weren't willing to go to the next level. Only the chosen ones are the ones that God will use in this day, in this hour. The chosen ones are the ones that are wide open to whatever the will of God is for their life. That's my prayer for you. That's my prayer for all of you in Jesus' name. Father, thank you, Lord, so much for this lesson that we've had tonight. And today we glorify you. We magnify you in Jesus' name. And everybody said...